Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. The Puma is back. Rona could not take him down. He was on the mat. One, two, shoulder popped up, said, not today, Rona. Hell yeah, dude. Kicked out at two. Man, I uh, I missed doing this last week. I was pissed. Uh, this time last week, uh, I started losing the sense of smell and taste and you know, the chills weren't that bad. It was like, I still feel like crap. You know, we're going to punt it to next week. We're going to do a, a power a power session before Thanksgiving because I know you got to cook. And, and, Jay, the listeners out there that want you know want to know, especially Freddie Hercules, a.k.a. balling with his money leagues on DraftKings, by the way. So definitely give him a follow on social media, Hercules2424. But, Jay, the people want to know, what are you making for Thanksgiving tomorrow, good sir? So... I've been tasked with usually making my stuffing every year, right? Uh-huh. That's, that's what I got to do no matter World's what. World's renowned stuffing. World's renowned stuffing out of a box that I doctor up. Now, the key is you got to use cornbread instead of regular bread. That's key, mm-hmm. right? Cornbread the true. night before, leave it out, get it stale, maybe even throw it in the oven before you put it into your uh, stuffing. You'll love it. Trust me. But my sisters have wrangled me into making some cranberry sauce as well. They're like, listen, you ain't pulling your weight. One dish ain't enough. You got to do more. And I'm like, damn it. I, I feared this day to come, so tonight I'm gonna make my cranberry sauce. I was looking online at some recipes, and everything seems to say that you make it the night before, you stick it in the fridge, and for some reason, sticking in the fridge the night before really helps with the taste. I got a question about the cranberry sauce, so we can get to football. So, there's been a debate in the office recently mm-hmm. of whether or not cranberry sauce is a dish or a condiment, a side or a condiment. I think it's a Where condiment. I think it's a condiment because, like, wow. at the end of the day, you put this. Like, you don't eat it by, by itself, do you? Like, you just sit down and need cranberry sauce? No. I mean, like, you can stick it on your turkey for a little sweet and salty thing going on. You can stick it on maybe your stuffing, the whole sweet and salty thing. It's more like a condiment than it is a dish itself, right? I, I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm, I'm in the camp of side dish. Uh, when I think of condiment, I think of ketchup and mustard and whatnot. I don't really eat it, but if I was to eat it, I figure it would probably be, like, its own little hunk on the side, hence... That's why I'm campside. But, well, you know, I, I get it. It depends on how you make it because now some True. some are thicker cranberry sauces, and this is me giving you the knowledge I've gained in the past 24 hours looking at YouTube videos. You can make <laughs> there's this toys of making it where you obviously have the cranberry sauce in the pot. You whittle it down. It's still thick and hard. it's like almost like a, you can still see the cranberries in there. But then mm-hmm. some people will take that out and then process it and run it through like a strainer so it gets really thin. It becomes like very fine, and that becomes more of a sauce so it really comes down to how you like your your cranberry mm. sauce you want it thick with two c's or no th- thickness thick boy I want that thick, thick boy thick boy now before <laughs> we get to that favorite side dish go oh, rank man. them one two three side dish i mean to me it, it, it there's really only one in that stuff oh yeah absolutely that's stuffing. it Stuffing is so damn good, dude. Hey, dude, I'm so a I'm good. a stuffing out of the box guy. So yeah. like, you get like a little, mm-hmm. you know, stove. What is it like? The, I forget. Stove it's not like hamburger help. Yeah, the stovetop. Yep. Dude, I love that shit. Well, how that, do you, that like, is do you, it? Do you doctor that up, or you just eat it out of the box? Um, I haven't made the stuffing in a long time, but mm-hmm. like, it was just out of the box. Here we go. But if damn. like my mom was making it, yeah. like she would, you know, put a little bit like a you know pizzazz to mm-hmm. it, a little a little something, something. Well, dude, what I do is I stick a. Well, you start off with a whole stick of butter. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing your onions. Throw in your celery, and the key is you throw in some apples because that apple gives it a little mm-hmm. sweetness. You throw the apples in there, you let that marinate, and once that's done, you throw a stove top, like mixing itself out of the box in there. 
throw in those cornbread pieces just to give it more. Because, like, I hate how, like, small those pieces are out of the box. True. So, I definitely want them bigger, bigger, like, bread pieces. Throw that in there. Throw one egg to hold it all together into the oven. One hour, boom, you're done, bro. Yep. That's where it's at. I'll send, mm-hmm. I'll send picks tomorrow. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Can't wait. But, yeah, stuffing, uh, mac and cheese close second, and then, obviously, mashed potatoes. Yep. That's a, that's a good way of doing it. All right, let's talk about some football. Week 12 is here. We're getting to a point, Puma, where we only have seven more weeks of football left. I'm starting to get very that's sad. depressing. The depression yeah. is starting to kick in. The sun has gone away. Um, football is starting to come to an end. We have the last football weekend for college football coming up. Um, I'm starting to really, you know, use that number that we needed, that we put out there a couple of weeks ago with the suicide prevention hotline. Like, 988 is tattooed on my fucking side right now. <laughs> wow. Well, but... But glad you're still in the land of the living, Jay. I'm still, I'm still here. I'm still kicking. So Bucks five and five are taking on the Browns at three and seven. Now the Bucks are coming off of a bye week, but before that, they were taking on Seattle Seahawks in Munich. By the way, great atmosphere out there. Love seeing that game mm-hmm. in Munich. Looks like they got to do more games out there. Uh, I'm they're gonna take on the Browns at three and seven. The Browns are obviously having a fairly horrendous season, uh, but this is gonna be their last game uh, playing without Deshaun Watson. So you know, in my theory, the way I see this game playing out, I think the Bucks gonna win easily. I think it's gonna be a, a fairly easy win for them. They're gonna get things fine tuned. Now the one thing they gotta obviously keep focusing on is getting their running attack uh, up up to snuff. Um, and they, you saw some of that coming on with the Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, Rashard White, um, he started playing really well especially in the benching of Lenny Fournette uh, I don't know why I don't know if it was an injury thing or if it was just a coach's decision but Rashard White started and that really seemed to jumpstart the running attack um, now halfway through the game Leonard Fournette got hurt so I don't know what his availability status is this week but if I'm the Bucks, I'm just going in with this thinking you know what let's just stick with White see what he does and go from there now I I don't know if that last two wins back-to-back wins against the Rams and the Seahawks are a trend or just a blip I'm thinking it's more of a trend and I think this Bucks offense is finally start getting to gear. Tom Brady post Thanksgiving, some of those receivers are starting to get healthy and start getting rhythm with them. I think we're gonna start to see some of the Bucks come alive, and they could be a player down the road. Now, on the other hand, the Browns horrendous season. I don't know what, <laughs> how much we can talk about that. They're already three and eight after this week. Uh, they're gonna be getting Deshaun Watson back next week. Um, you know, if all things went well, the Browns were hoping they would give Deshaun a. Six and five team, right? Um, that'd be perfect. Or a five and six team, and he can do the rest. But he's coming back next week, and I don't know why he's coming back. Truthfully, you might as well just pack it in this year and shoot for next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you think about it, you know, looking all the way back to the beginning of the season, like there is a good chance this team should be six and six right now. Like they just kept blowing the game late, you know, after having you know damn near double digit leads in in the first three four games of the season. So you know, in theory, they should be six and six. But you know, like uh, Parcel said. You know, you are what your record is. And Jay, I'm with you. I got I got the Buccaneers winning this game for pretty much everything you said. And based on some reports prior to us recording tonight, it sounds like White is tending to is trending towards being the starter. Um, it's Todd Bowles did a presser earlier today, and it sounded like Lenny is still sore even coming off the bye week. So I think uh, you know White is going to be the lead back in in that backfield. And I, I think this is just a natural. 
quasi look ahead spot for for the Browns offense. You know, we all know it's going to be Jacoby Brissett's last start. Deshaun Watson's going to be taking over. I don't know how focused they're going to be to like try to get Brissett a win here. And you know, this defense for Tampa Bay has played better over the last two games, and I think they'll be they'll be up to the task to you know stop the run of Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt here. Uh, this point spread, depending on what book you're looking at, is Bucks minus three, and it's juiced. Uh, to the minus three, or it's Bucks plus three and a half. Um, Bucks minus three and a half, I should say. So I got the Bucks here winning. I have them covering as well. It's one of my best bets this week. And uh, I think I'm with you, Jay. I think this is probably going to be the beginning of a trend, uh, especially down the stretch in a really bad NFC South. Yeah. Um, so give me the Bucks winning this game. Well, they only got two games that are somewhat scary, in my opinion, down, there, down the stretch. Because they're going to beat the Browns this week. They've got the Saints next week. I think they're going to beat them. They've got the 49ers. That's a scary game. Uh, they got the Bengals. That's a scary game. And then they got the Cardinals, who by that time on December 25th, I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be canned. I think uh, Kyler Murray is going to be hurt and playing Call of Duty, and he'll be good on. Panthers, trash, January 1st. And then the Falcons. Could be an interesting game on January 8th, but I still would take the the, page, uh, the Buccaneers on that. So, you know, if they can kind of navigate this over the next seven weeks, they've, they've got a decent shot to be 11 and 6, uh, or maybe even 11, 10 and 7 uh, at the worst. Um, but 11 and 6 would be a great way uh, to end uh, to end this uh, to end the season, depending on especially how they started. You know, it was, it was just horrible mm-hmm. how they started. So, so we'll see how how these guys fare down the stretch. Um, all right, let's move on to something that is going to be drama packed. That has been drama packed in New York. Uh, we've got the Chicago Bears at three and eight taking on the New York Jets in six and four. And I don't even know where to start, Puma. Like, there's so much here. Like, I guess we can get the Bears out of this out of the way first because it looks like you know Justin Fields is gonna be going through some issues with the shoulder, torn ligaments in the left shoulder. He he's gonna be a game plan decision. Probably will play, but he is he is banged up. Um, and the Bears are coming off of a loss, and they at times have seemed to gone their offense and click, uh, but sometimes they don't. So the Bears are are a bad football team. It's called for what it is. Even though they've shot, show, they've shown some signs of life out of Justin Fields, they're a bad football team. Now the real drama is with the New York Jets. What unfolded this past couple of days was just. It was just absolutely insane to me, right? Um, the whole Zach Wilson saga started when the Patriots beat the, the Jets on a last second, punt return for a touchdown, final score 10 to 3. But the Jets' offense, for the most part, was complete trash. I mean, it was just anemic. Zach Wilson looked erratic. He was throwing balls left and right. He was missing people wide open in the flat. So he had a bad game. He had about two yards in the second half, whatever the offense mustered. But then the real drama started after the game when in his press conference, he was kind of naive to the fact that he, he didn't take any responsibility for his for his actions on the field. And that, in a sense, got him benched, in my opinion. And Mike White will be starting uh, this upcoming sun, uh, Sunday. So with all that being said, Puma, like, what's your general feeling about what's happening with New York and Zach Wilson? And did Salah make the right move? I think Salah had to make this move because this defense is still in in, in the elite status this season uh, for the New York Jets. And I I think this defense is going to be able to keep the team in the game against the Chicago Bears this week. Um, I mean, he really chapped the ass of a lot of people in that locker room when, you know, he flat out said no. He wasn't, you know, holding back uh, the offense. And that's why, you know, they let the defense down. He just flat out said no. And. You know, that's probably the most tone-deaf thing, you know, I've ever heard uh, from a quarterback at the podium. I do think 
I don't think it's like the end of his career, you know, for in the NFL. I'm not ready to say that yet. I definitely think this is solid trying to have a teachable moment with the with this team, especially considering like Jay, they're not they're not out of the 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 playoff hunt at, no, by any not, stretch no. of the imagination. So if they can get any semblance of like decent quarterback play to like quasi game manager type of deal and let the defense of the running game take care of the rest, like there there is they're still going to be alive and well for a playoff spot in my opinion. Um, with all that being said, like. I'm going to be the psycho here that thinks the Jets win this game just because of how good this defense is. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to rise to the occasion with Mike White because we did see him provide a spark last year mm-hmm. uh, when he had those two spot starts where you know he, he went toe-to-toe with the Bengals and won. Uh, and then he he was going up against the Colts and got hurt. And up yeah. until that point, I think they were going to win that mm-hmm. game outright. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he started out gonna... hot, remember? He went right down the field, got a touchdown. Then the next drive is when he hurt his, he has hurt his elbow. Yep. Um, so I think I think they're going to be alive and well in this. Um, and there's just so many questions with Justin Fields. I mean, it sounded like he pretty much separated his shoulder against the Falcons last week. They, they, you know, they're they're saying all the right things. Get you know, leaving the door open for him to start. If he doesn't start, I believe Trevor Simeon is the the next quarterback up on that depth chart. Um, the line in this game, it was four and a half yesterday when like more injury news came out yesterday, uh, you know, late yesterday and earlier today, that line ballooned from jets minus four and a half to jets minus six. If he's flat out ruled out, I would not be surprised if this jets line went to like double digits because of how much the drop off is at the quarterback play. Uh, so if you like the Jets, you better jump on it now because it's probably going to keep going up. But I got the Jets as one of my best bets. Uh, I have the Jets winning outright. And uh, if Mike White handles his business, this might be more than just a mm-hmm. one, you know, one start. Oh, yeah. I think he, I think they could string some things together and go from there. I think Mike White's going to blow him out of the sink. Like, I think he's going to come in hot. I like Mike White a lot. The guy has something to him. So, I mean, but then again, like, that's just part of the, the story. Like, the bigger thing here is Zach Wilson. And I want to hit on this real quick before you move on. Like, I just think he just lacks, like, empathy, man. Like, you can just see the way he talks, the way he walks. He really does not have any, like, awareness of who he is as a person. And I know, like, last year he got hurt. And, you know, obviously they... They extended his like time off the field when he was ready to come back, and they had the guys in disguise of he's still hurt. But Albert Breer was on Boston Radio today talking about how what people don't really know is they brought in his throwing coach during that time to work with them because mm-hmm. he had the yips at that time. He was like missing people wide open in practice, in you know like even even passes to the flat in practice he was missing, and they're like, oh crap, this is not just the injury anymore. We gotta work on him again. So you know, in that sense, he had a guy brought in. You know, sat him down, basically worked on his fundamentals. And now the same thing is happening this year. And that's twice in two years this guy is just so fundamentally wrong that he's had to be essentially benched or sat down, right? So I think that coupled with the fact that this guy is just a complete moron when it comes to his personal, like, you know, character, his intangibles, his leadership, all that stuff. Like, I, I think this might be the last we've seen of, of Zach Wilson. And, and the key for me was... His senior year or his last year at BYU, he wasn't named captain. Like, do you understand how hard that is in in college football, where especially at BYU at seven captains, you couldn't be named captain? Like, I for me, there's a lot missing there with Zach Wilson, unless he does a complete 180 of who he's been for the first 23 years of his life. He's not gonna change. People don't change over time; they just reveal who they are. Mm-hmm. 
Jay, the, the, you know, I know that, you know, it's been beaten like a dead horse and how bad that offense was on Sunday. But like, I feel like the throw that encapsulated everything was, I think he was trying to do a wide receiver screen to Braxton Berrios. And I mean, Jay, he was, there was like not a defender within five yards Mm -hmm. of Berrios Mm -hmm. or, or Zach Wilson. And he just completely airmailed it. And I looked at that and I was like, that, that, I mean, that's my stepson could throw the ball better. Like well, that's that's there's no excuse. Well, that throw is a get the ball out of your hand immediately, quick timing throw. Usually, when you have those throws, you've got to take that extra second to set your feet. This kid doesn't understand that the fundamentals of football and throwing a football from the pocket with velocity comes from your feet. Like I get it, he has a big arm. I trust me, I I get it. His arm is probably the best out of the 2021 class, which is how powerfully he can throw the football. The problem is. He constantly sealed the ball high because he's not setting his feet. Like, uh, mm-hmm. how much more can we, like, beat that overhead? And it's been 18 games now. It's been a year and a half. Like, when are we going to see progress? And uh, here's one thing, Puma. It'd be one thing if he showed progress. That's fine. That's great. That's what you want. It'd be another thing if he stayed steady. It's nothing what he's doing now. He's getting worse. He's, like, regressing to a, a horrible level. Yep. I uh, I, <laughs> I, I have no words. and. Uh, I, I think, you know, like we said at the top, I think Salah had to make this move to save the locker room and potentially save well, his you know what's job. Funny? Because... You know what's funny? This is my conspiracy theory. Just because I'm putting two and two together. Yeah. After the game, Salah said, I am not thinking about benching uh, uh, Zach Wilson. He gave him a definitive, like, uh, you know, confidence boost after that game, right? Now, here's the thing, Jay. Real quick, real quick. Was that pre or post Zach Wilson going to the microphone? That was when he didn't hear those comments. Okay, got so it. So he didn't hear those comments. He goes home that night or in the office or wherever it is. He sees those comments. And the next day, all of a sudden, you have an about face. Like, I, I, I 100% believe if this kid was playing bad, that's fine. But he was a good teammate, a good leader. They would still roll him out there. Because yep. th- there is no difference between how the Patriots are winning with a good defense and a running attack and, and, a, and a below average quarterback in Mac Jones. But the fact that he's a good leadership guy, quote-unquote, the fact that he goes to a podium and says the right things is the reason why Mac Jones is playing and the reason why Zach Wilson is not playing. Mm-hmm. All right, Puma. And then the last game we got uh, that we're going to discuss this week is the 6-4 and four Bengals taking on the 7-3 and three Titans and what I've dubbed the sneaky good bowl because right at the surface, we all believe that the Titans, I'm sorry, the Bills and the Chiefs are the best two teams in the AFC. But all of a sudden, the Bengals are 6-4, and four, the Titans are 7-3. and three. Sneaky good bull right here. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, do we even know if Jamar Chase is going to come back for this game? So it looks like he's tracked to come back this week. Awesome. Well, it's going to be a hell of a showdown then. Um, I'm I'm excited for this matchup. I uh, didn't think the Titans were really going to be at this point in the season, but Mike Vrabel is doing Mike mm-hmm. Vrabel things with Coach this roster. Mm-hmm. And we started to see the you know the surging of uh, Traylon Burks, uh, the number one draft pick for the Titans, to essentially replace uh, A.J. Brown, who they sent off to the Eagles on draft night for a Hall of Picks. Uh, Jay, I'm kind of the psycho here that thinks – not only can Tennessee cover the, th- the three-point spread at home in, in Nashville, I think they could win this game. And I, I think it's going to be one on the defensive line for the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to you know, give the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line a, a big test. I think we might see a replay of you know Joe Burrow uh, getting sacked a bunch in the uh, AFC Divisional round last year in the playoff game. 
Uh, so I, I like this matchup. I like the coaching a little bit more uh, on the Tennessee side. Uh, Joe Mixon was banged up, uh, so this might be a big Samaj P. Ryan game. Uh, but give me the Tennessee Titans. Depending on what book you're looking at, it's between a two and a half point spread and a three point spread. Uh, with Tennessee being the underdog, give me the give me the Titans not only to cover the three, but to win outright and possibly a low scoring game. The over under is at forty two and a half. Yeah, man, I think if Jamar Chase is playing, then I'm going to vote with the Bengals. I mean, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, I'll take those guys basically almost over anybody in the NFL. They'll be in the top two or three, like, elite uh, quarterback-wide receiver combo. So when those guys are playing, I'm mostly going to roll with them. If he's not, then I do believe the Titans have a really good chance of winning this game, especially trying to avenge that loss they had last year where Ryan Tannehill had, like, what, like three interceptions or whatever it was. So I, I think this is going to be an interesting game, a beautiful game to watch. It's going to be a slugfest, in my opinion. Two, you know, perennial AFC powers playing. Um, and I think Mike Vrabel should get consideration for Coach of the Year, right? Uh, what he's mm-hmm. done with that roster, with, uh, obviously, you know, Ryan Tannehill, who he is, who he is as a limited quarterback. I mean, this might be it for Ryan Tannehill this year, right? I mean, all indications point to him potentially not being a quarterback next year if he doesn't play well down the stretch. Like, I think anything short of, like, getting a time to the Super Bowl and winning it, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback next year, correct? Or am I crazy to think that? No, I well, here's the thing, though. We clearly see that Willis is not ready to take over that job. Mm-hmm. So and they're not going to tank the rest of the season. And even if they did, they still want to be in the upper echelon to get a, you know, a d- decent quarterback prospect. So uh, it might not be that far of a bridge to cross with, you know, maybe like a, a two-year deal where like the second year is just dummy money to help out with the cap, but and maybe he's back next season. But unless like Willis takes a massive step in the off season uh, in, in, in quarterback development, uh, it, he, he is not it right now. Mm-hmm. And granted, like he went, to, I'm not trying to bury the kid. Like the, the quarterback class was not great last year. And I'm saying that as a Matt Corral fan, uh, you know, he went to Liberty, you know, no, no disrespect to that school, but I mean, it, it just, it wasn't that great of an offense and Hugh Freeze. Okay. As a college coach, you know, his better days were behind him at Ole Miss when he had Laramie Tunsil on that offensive line. Uh, but uh, Willis ain't it right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that should be fun to watch. Um, all right, well, that does it. And then you got best bets for the Puma. So what do you got this week, bro? All right, not a whole lot of action this week. Uh, we're going to start off on Thanksgiving. Uh, I got two plays on the Thanksgiving slate here. Uh, starting in the uh, the, one, the 1 o'clock game, Bills-Lions. Give me the Lions getting 10 points at home against the Buffalo Bills, who played in, in, in Detroit last week because of the snowpocalypse that was going on. Uh, so the Bengal, uh, the Browns and the Bills had to play in Detroit. They flew back uh, to Buffalo right after the game. I think there's going to be a lot of travel. I think they might be a little bit sluggish. And, you know, I'm still a little iffy about Josh Allen's elbow. The Lions have been a live dog the last couple of weeks. They've won uh, two in a row here. I think they're a live dog at home. Give me the Detroit Lions covering the 10 points at home. Uh, the second game on Thanksgiving that I have action on is actually in the nightcap at 820. It's Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings at home against the New England Patriots and Mac Jones uh, going into the bank, U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, I got the Vikings at minus two and a half. I got the Vikings winning this game, uh, especially un, you know under a field goal here, a key number. Um, I think this is a big bounce back spot for the Vikings. You know, Justin Jefferson's a savage. You know, as great as you know 
Bill Belichick is on the defensive side of the football. I just think there's too much Justin Jefferson there uh, for the, their, their corners and safeties to really handle. And even if they did find a way to get rid of him out of the game plan, uh, I have a little bit more faith in Dalvin Cook and maybe Alexander Madison just running the football a bunch right down their throat. They want to be they want to bounce back after a horrid showing against the Dallas Cowboys last week where they got blown out 40-3. to uh, in a you know 4 p.m. game, we all know Kirk Cousins' record in the primetime game, but I, I think he's not going to turn to Kirby Cousins at 8:20. I think he's going to be Kirk Thuggin in your words. So give me the Vikings laying the two and a half points. Uh, my other best bet of the week, New York Jets minus four and a half. Uh, you want the analysis? Go back about 10, 15 minutes to the Jets, uh, you know Bears preview. Buccaneers minus three. We talked about that at the top of the show. I think they're in a bounce back spot and they're trending in the right direction. And then my last pick, uh, it's a it's a teaser. It's a, you know I got the Carolina Panthers. I teased them up from plus two and a half uh, at home against the you know fledgling Denver Broncos. I teased them up to eight and a half, and I teased the Pittsburgh Steelers up from two and a half to eight and a half uh, as underdogs against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Kenny Pickett, for all that you know his limitations have been somewhat this season. He's got a great connection with. With uh, George Pickens here, I think they're going to be able to cover the eight and a half against you know the Jeff Saturday uh, fighting Indianapolis Colts. And I'm sorry, the Denver Broncos should not be laying points to anybody at this point <laughs> in the season. Even no matter how bad the Carolina Panthers are, I think the defensive line, you know, Brian Burns is going to give that offensive line for the uh, the Broncos, you know, a, a lot of a, a lot of grief this weekend. So I'll take the eight and a half points as a home underdog. So those are my best bets this weekend. Any uh, college football best bets you've got? I haven't really looked at the college slate late, you know, lately. I'm gonna probably look a little bit later tonight. Uh, take a take a couple of picks there. Um, the the big game this weekend is obviously the team up north against Ohio State, and it good, is Puma, in, good. It's in the yes. horseshoe, right? Yes, Ohio State versus the team up north. We don't say BM war during this week, bro. Uh, I we got call you. bitch again. That's what we call it. Fair enough, but it's it's at the shoot, right? Because yes, last sir, year was at, at the, the big shoot. house. Yes, sir. Um, Jay, I'm, I'm looking, I think the last time I looked, the spread was at seven and a half with, uh, it's with the Ohio number. state laying it. I'm going to, I'm going to go, th- go this way. I think I will lay the seven and a half points only because you could speak more to this. Cause you got all the Intel up there. I'm not too sure if that running back from Michigan is going to play. It looked like he really did some damage to his knee. Even if he was handing out check- turkeys to, to people out in, in Ann Arbor, uh, it's just that off that, that offense for Michigan's wilted and died as soon as it's that kid went different. out. Well, listen, the thing is though, even their backup <coughs> running back Donovan Edwards, if he's there, then like you know they don't they'll still miss Blake Corum, but they won't miss him as much. Now, if both Edwards and like Corum are somewhat banged up, and that might be the case because that's what happened in Illinois. The second those two weren't in there, their offense halted. Like McCarthy is not the type of quarterback to take the reins and like throw the ball throw throw the Michigan and the Wolverines into a game or into a win. So. If there's any doubt about the running attack for the Wolverines, Ohio State's just going to steamroll them. It might get ugly. It might be a 25, like, point thirty kind of point win because Ryan Day is going to try to put up 100 up on, on Jim Harbaugh. But if Quorum and Edwards are there and the running attack is going well, I think they got a good chance of winning. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, oh. our, our, our defense still has a soft, you know... Up the middle, like you can run at them as hard as possible, with, especially with the especially with the offensive line that Michigan has. So it all comes down to a help the running backs from Michigan, 
And what kind of CJ Stroud we're going to show up? I mean, is he going to be the good CJ Stroud or the bad CJ Stroud? It all depends on is he ready for the moment or not. If he's going to be good, then obviously we're going to win easily. If not, then it's going to be a dogfight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might lay it, though. I might lay the 7.5. I'll, I'll look into a little bit later tonight. But that's kind of the action I have leaning Dude, such in college. A such a, I can't wait. I'm trying to wait. limit the exposure in college because it was a, it was a pretty bad weekend last weekend. So gonna gonna spread the bets out, especially with the World Cup going on right now. So, <laughs> dude, I, I can't wait for Saturday, bro. So I cannot wait. And if Ryan Day somehow loses game Puma, put him on the hot seat. I mean, you can't lose two in a row. You can't. You can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it's it's on you that we didn't lose for ten years, and all of a sudden you give that up. Oh, it's on you, brother. And mm-hmm. then if he loses this year to Michigan. He's one and two in his record against Michigan, bro. Wow. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. Wow. Bring in somebody else. Bring in Coach Prime. <laughs> Coach Prime. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Dion high stepping in the horseshoe. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. My God. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And the, and, the, and the thing about it is, Puma, like, usually this last week of the college football season is, like, obviously rivalry week. But, like, there's not that many big games. Like, besides, like, the Ohio State, uh, you know, Team Up North game. It's the Egg Bowl. There's not really, yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously your game, Ole Miss and um, Mississippi State. But there's not, nobody else, really. I mean, uh, Auburn and Alabama might be out of it, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't mm-hmm. know. Man. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably not going to have a whole lot of I'm not. I'm not having a whole lot of action. Watch out for Notre Dame upsetting USC. Really, talk to me. Notre Dame in the first what six weeks was a below average offense, scoring 17, 20 points a game. I thought Freeman was going to get fired after he lost to Marshall. Exactly right. But the last five weeks, they've scored forty points or more, Mm -hmm. and that defense is rounding into form. And what's happening now is they are just basically using the the Tennessee Titans model. Of we're going to run the hell out of the ball with our big offensive line. We're going to beat you up in the trenches. We don't care if you throw for 9,500 yards. We're going to just run the ball 150 yards, 20 yards on the ground. We're going to score 40 points through the ground, and we don't even care about it. And, and I think mm-hmm. that is going to wear on on a very suspect USC defense. So if you look down on that Notre Dame USC score around halftime and Notre Dame is within striking distance and they're playing good ball control, I would not be shocked if they won that game. On top of that, Caleb Williams, the one game last year, not USC, but the one game he had an issue with last year with Oklahoma was against, uh, was Iowa State um, because they play a certain defense that really messes with him. And that defense at Iowa State held him to like 77 yards and like 40% completion, two interceptions, it's a horrid day, his worst game ever in college football. The Notre Dame defense, I'm not saying it's as good as the Iowa State defense that was last year, but they play, they play schematically the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could cause some issues with, with Caleb Williams. So I'm just saying, sneaky upside alert, if, you, if you're feeling frisky Puma, put some money on Notre Dame. Just, just, just sprinkle a little money on there, you know? Okay. I'll take a look at that tonight for sure. Yep, take a, that's what is that? That's that, like the battle, of the shillelagh. That's a rivalry game, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. Like all the games this week are the big rivalry games, mm-hmm. right? So it's Notre Dame versus USC. Like it's it's a big one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, what time is that game? Is it a night game? Yeah, seven. That's got to be a night game. Seven thirty. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a good one too. Well, the only thing is it's at USC. That's the only thing that concerns me. Holy crap! The the fighting Irish are eight and three. That's not bad. I know, bad. considering that everyone was ready to write off Freeman, Damn, they, you know, not even going to make it through the year. If they didn't lose one of those games like Marshall, bro, that would have been, that'd be interesting. Because hmm. mm-hmm. that, that game week one against Ohio State, I mean, you can't hold that against them, but the rest of it, yeah, you can. 
Yep. All right, all right. It'll be fun time, fun time. Uh, you know, I'm excited. Is the lot, but it sucks though because it's the last college football weekend. It's over at this point. Sad. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's call it a day, bro. All right, man. I know you got to cook. So this episode of the podcast, the previous episodes of the pod, can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, you're listening on YouTube. Be sure to hit the little bell button to subscribe. You'll be notified when the latest video is in your feed. Uh, Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a f- uh, five-star review as well, too. Social media-wise, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Pro Football Radio Podcast. The Twitter machine, if you haven't quit Twitter by now, oh. we are still on Twitter. Uh, we're not a parody account. We're on Twitter at PFR Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima, the captain of the ship. Uh, hit us up on social media. The DMs are open. Happy to talk to you about gambling, college, you know, you name it. We'll shoot the shit with you. And like I said, if you're into daily fantasy or fantasy football, check out our boy, Freddie Soliotis, a.k.a. Hercules2424. You know, he's been crushing it in the DFS plays for sure. He was like one player away uh, from winning a couple of grand uh, last week. So definitely worth a follow and hit him up. And, Jay, you know, it is Thanksgiving. I, I, I got to do something special for Freddie. So you, you might want to take the headphones off, all right? Take them off, Go ahead. All right. Freddie Soliotis, you're fired! It never gets old. Never, never gets, gets old. old. Shoot well, that into my veins. Yep, yep. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy some family, some food, some football. We'll talk to you next week. Via con Dios.